0: It's Monday, it's 7 o'clock. That means the Nate Taylor show is here, fresh off the plane from Cincinnati, Ohio. How you doing, my man? I'm alright, Kingston.
1: Um You don't
0: have I'm Alright energy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not what you have. Look, right man, now. it's been a long day. Uh it's good. I'm doing well. Uh I guess we got a real sprint now. I guess I gotta run the table, cause. They, they lost to the Beagles again, man. They're certainly
0: going to have to run the table here. There's a lot to talk about. We only have an hour, so let's hop to it. Whew. Let's just start with this. I'll serve it up and you spike it. Okay. Why do you think Cincinnati continues to have the advantage over the Kansas City Chiefs?
1: They're the better team with the better coaches so far. It's wild to say, right? Um... The players can only do so much, right? But the coaching staff has had has had some some low moments this season. Um, I know Zach Taylor does not have the same stature, the same resume as Andy Reid. But the reason this matchup is such a problem for the Chiefs is because Zach Taylor makes no mistakes in the fourth quarter. Um He said it last night. I want to give Joe Burrow a chance. It's 3rd and 11. Most teams would say, hey, let's be moderate to conservative. Let's not put the ball in harm's way. Let's get at least a six-point advantage. Make the Chiefs go the length of the field, even without timeouts. No, Zach Taylor said, well, let's sling this thing. Let's get a first down. Let's never give him the ball because that's what we've done. The first meeting... Of these teams, and you know, we did everything perfectly from an offensive standpoint in the fourth quarter, and obviously overtime at the AFC Championship game. It's not the same situation, but what I can say, Carrington, is they have the better coach right now. When these two teams match up, it's it's crazy. Like the Bengals are so disciplined in the fourth quarter and overtime of the AFC championship game that I think Chiefs fans and the Chiefs themselves have to acknowledge. That's why they've beaten y'all. They're disciplined. They don't make mistakes. They go for it and have the players and the play calls and the scheme in order to to finish these games off. They're they're all close. The, the margin between these teams is not that. Razor thin. It, it's not that big. So that's where coaching, I think, gets more magnified because the play on the field is so level that – You need to create as many advantages as possible. Um, And so at least Andy Reid knows now, in a similar situation in January, if it's fourth and seven and you're on the plus side of the field, might want to leave the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands, might want to keep the offense on the field. Um, The field goal ties the game. I understand that. Harrison Bucker is obviously capable of making the kick. He misses the kick. So, yes, there's, there's mistakes by players throughout the field. But from a coaching standpoint, I think Zach Taylor deserves a ton of credit because we need a turnover. They get a turnover. We don't need to turn the football over. Team's disciplined. We need to go for it and keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. They've done it three times now. And when they get the opportunity to win the game, they go out and they win the game. So I know Burrow gets a lot of credit, but I do want to shift the conversation to thinking that, like, hey, Zach Taylor is equal to Andy Reid. And it happened really quick, just the same way Joe Burrow was equal to Patrick Mahomes. It happens quicker than you realize, but that's the reality of the situation between these two rivals as we move forward after Sunday's game.
0: One thing that has really stood out to me, and it's something I talked about a lot on my show earlier today, is if you look at two of the teams that have given Kansas City the most trouble, Cincinnati and Buffalo, Good quarterback play. Yep. Who have wide receivers
1: for days
0: who can beat you on the outside. Yes. So if you don't get pressure and you can't get home, mm. and now you're saying we've got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs against Trent McDuffie. Yep. Or we've got Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow going up against Joshua Williams. Mm-hmm. Well, who do you think wins that matchup? To me, it all starts up front. Yep. The Bengals' offensive line is something that you should be able to exploit and the fact that the Chiefs have been unable to exploit their offensive line in three consecutive matchups, Mm -hmm. what would make me think that changes? Chris Jones hasn't gotten pressure in the last two games against him. Frank Clark hasn't gotten pressure in the last couple of games. If you can't do something to disrupt timing against Cincinnati, then you're just probably not beating them.
1: So they need Micah Parsons, Carrington. (laughs) That's what you're saying. (laughs) Like, uh... The, the Bengals lost to the Cowboys in week two this season. I know this is a weird thing to bring up, but, like, this is to your point. Michael Parsons hit Joe Burrow five times in that game. The same offensive line. No, no changes. I, I looked this up earlier today. Michael Parsons is amazing. Now, he's also an edge rusher, so he gets slightly more one-on-one opportunities than Chris Jones does. Um, but to your point, that's what disrupts the Bengals. Jamar Chase played in that game. Joe Mixon played in that game. Joe Burrow played in that game. They didn't score thirty points, which is, I think, what you are going to have to hold them to in over, you know, in the postseason. I should say they scored twenty seven points yesterday, but let's be honest, like they could have scored 35, 38. I mean, that or, Tyler Boyd drop is as bad of a drop as I've ever seen. Dog. I mean, that's a play. I, <laughs> It hit his face mask. It reminded me of uh, Daryl Williams in the Super Bowl uh, a couple years ago. I mean, like- the
0: play was drawn up perfectly. Now I think there was a little bit of offensive rubbing, a little pick play. Where did they,
1: they, they play that game at like, yesterday, character? Cincy? Uh, did, did the, did Cincy the- has a lot of <coughs> New
0: England Patriots vibes to me. They do a lot yes! of. They do a lot of. Hey, that that play yeah. seems illegal. Like you shouldn't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Hold on. You can't just fall on the ground and try mm-hmm. to prevent. Like they. Since he does a lot of stuff, that, like <laughs> they get really physical with Kelsey. They do a lot of pick plays. They do a lot of rub plays. Like they, they, held, they held close to the line without
1: stepping over it. Carrington, there's five snaps in Sunday's game where they held Chris Jones. Clearly held him. Y'all not—they're not gonna call it every play. Now they called it once in the second half. But Chris Jones can't affect the game because a) they're double teaming him, and b) when there is a one-on-one matchup, no, nah, you're not getting. No, 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 no. Like, we are holding you. Um, If people go back and rewatch the game, there's a point early in the fourth quarter where Chris believes he's been held. I tend to agree with him. And he literally looks at the referee and goes, did you not see that? By the way, the referee was uh, John Hussey. Did you not just... Next play. So if they can't call holding on every play, then you can hold their best defender because there's no pressure from the edge, which again... Brings us back to Micah Parsons hit this man five times, sacked him twice. Nobody on the Chiefs' defensive end position can say that. Um, I thought Spagnola had some pretty good blitzes. The Bengals picked them up. So if if they're picking up the blitzes and they're not generating pressure with four, how do, how are they supposed to cover these? How are they supposed to cover Jamar Chase two and a half seconds? Into the snap. This is where I'll disagree with you a little bit. And we probably agree. Maybe we're saying it just two different ways.
0: I think Spags is drawing up good pressure, too. But the same way in basketball, I don't care how good your X's and O's are. Eventually, you need one of two things. A guy that can knock down a shot and a guy that can go get you a bucket. Mm. I don't care what blitzes you draw up. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati has the ability to get pressure without drawing it up. My defensive lineman is going to beat your tackle, and we are going to disrupt this play. The Chiefs just don't have that they ability don't have that to guy. do that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do with Sneed, only so much you can do with Leo Chennault. You got to win matches. Your four guys got to figure out a way to beat their five guys up front. And if you do that, you got a chance to win games. Cincinnati does a good job of getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes while simultaneously protecting Joe Burrow. That gives you a chance to beat a team that might have more talent than you, that might have the better coach, that might have the better quarterback than mm-hmm. you, because you dominate in that area every single time.
1: Yeah, so, to I mean, Joe Burrow's really good, and he operates in the pocket, you know, similar to Tom Brady. I've compared him in the past to Drew Brees because of the accuracy alongside the the pocket presence with a little bit of athleticism. Obviously, he's more athletic than Drew Brees was in his prime, but yeah, they. They need Mike Dana to win more than the one snap he won on third and 11, and even still, under pressure, he throws a perfect pass. Um, Frank Clark, from a scheme standpoint, can hold up really well, but he he didn't make as much of a difference as he wanted to, which he explained after the game, um, pretty much guaranteeing that if there's a matchup again, or a rematch, I should say, that that he's going to perform better. Now, obviously, he was dealing with the illness that he's been dealing with for much of this season. Um, George Koloff, This a lot of hustle, a lot of want to, but technically he's got to clean some things up. Um, and he's a rookie, so you're asking a lot from him compared to an offensive line that's honestly getting better from earlier in the season when they did play Micah Parsons. So what's fascinating, Carrington, is you can make an argument that the Bengals – from week one to now, are a more improved team than the Chiefs are. Some of that is injury-related, but the Bengals got off to a terrible start, and they've gotten better in the months of November and now entering into December. The Chiefs have just been a very, very talented football team where I see incremental improvements, but not the same level of improvement or the same margin, I should say, that I think – we're starting to see with the Bengals this season. I think the chiefs
0: have some bad habits in a way that you and I've talked about it before, kind of in jest that the chiefs do bad things that we know you can't do consistently in the NFL, but because they have the best quarterback in the (laughs) league and get over it, like Mm -hmm. you can be down 17 to three in a game against the Raiders. And for most teams, it's like a, yo, what is going on here? But the chiefs, it's like, they'll figure it out. (laughs) Yep. That this is a class that you can't do that for how you studied for that class. Can't be the same way that you study for this. And one thing that I've noticed is, if we're being honest, over the last two years, the Chiefs don't drop many of the gimmies. Even a lot of the good teams, you'll drop three or four of those gimmies over the course of the season or mm-hmm. a game you're supposed to win. But when we've seen the Chiefs really go up against a team that we think can win the Super Bowl, for the most part, they've lost those games. This season. They lost those games in the regular season last year. Mm hmm. They lost to the Buffalo in the regular season last year. They lost to the Cincinnati in the regular season. They lost to the Tennessee last year. They lost to the Baltimore last year in the mm-hmm. regular season. Fast forward to this year, it's a lot of the same stuff. When you go up against a team that's got good quarterback play, teams that you can't you can't get down ten to three against these good teams. You can't be down two possessions. Right. It can't take you three, four possessions to get going or defensively. I, I think what we've seen is some of these teams are able to take advantage of some of the character flaws with the Chiefs that 80, 85% of the league just isn't talented enough,
1: doesn't have the quarterback play to 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 get around. Right. And within that, they make it hard on themselves. Travis Kelsey has the first down. You are moving toward midfield. He fumbled. It happens. But he's trying his best to gain extra yards but they, they sometimes make it hard on themselves. You know, I talked to Jarek McKinnon after the game, and he's like, people forget this because we won, but I fumbled in the fourth quarter of a comeback win against the Chargers. You know, they make it hard on themselves. So they're doing both, Carrington. They are not at their best against the among the elites when they've played them this season or last season to start these games. And then even when they have a lead, they are making turnovers that – You just can't give those type of teams the ability to get back in the game or give them an extra advantage. Um, What is wild to me, and this may get lost on on everybody, is, look, the Bengals had a really nice game plan. The players executed it. Obviously, they were motivated based on what Justin Reed said earlier in the week. They know, um, based on their record, they need to win just as much as the Chiefs, which is why it was a true classic showdown. Carrington, they were down two scores, and yet they were up 24-17. After all that, they had the lead. They had a seven-point lead. That is how good Patrick Mahomes is. Yeah. Like, And you can say at times, well, they didn't have the best play calls, particularly in the red zone. That don't matter. He's still, he'll still dunk on a cornerback to get in the end zone. They have 24-17. And what do they do? well, we made it harder on ourselves in the beginning of the game, and now we're going to make it harder on ourselves in the fourth quarter. And they did the same thing against Buffalo earlier this year where they had a chance to go up two scores in the fourth quarter. Um, Kelsey's fumble is a similar scenario where, hey, you're up four. You at least get a field goal. It's still a one-possession game. Or you get a touchdown, and now you're up the most you've been all game. But, yeah. Yeah they won't have another opportunity like this in the regular season, we think, in terms of the class of the opponent. But they obviously know they have to run the table to at least have a chance to get the one seed. But when they have a divisional or wild card round game, to your point, and I completely wholeheartedly agree with you, they got to have better first quarters and better fourth quarters. They are an excellent team that can adjust, and coming out of halftime, we know exactly what we're going to do to move down the field. But The Bengals were better in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. And so were the Bills. And those are the two teams that are your equals heading into the postseason. So it's unfortunate, but they need to find a way to learn those lessons and then obviously execute better to start and to end the games.
0: Coming up on the other side, I want to ask you about the Justin Reed comments because you really saw it from start to finish. You saw (laughs) when he originally made the comments. Yep. I've never seen a pro football player apologize for something he said to the other team.
1: When, when he didn't play bad.
0: It was a wild time. So we'll get to that coming up on the other side. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show here live on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show. Monday nights at 7 on your official broadcast partner the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Nate Taylor show. Nate Taylor here. Carrington here taking you up until eight o'clock. We'll hand things off to bank. So let me play how this war of words started. Now I was a little bit surprised at this because the chiefs normally aren't the ones to start things. They're normally the ones to finish things, but this was a little bit different. This is Justin Reed last week. I believe this was to you. It is Higgins. It's Higgins. Hig me and Higgins. Uh-huh. They're going to have him back. He's a very talented receiver, too. More of a finesse type of guy. Um, not the best blocker. Um, I'm going to lock him down, you know,
1: <laughs> straight up. Uh, so, you know, we're going to have to come out of the game. Like I said, play our best game and go out and do it.
0: Now, Nate, I follow the Roy Williams school of this, where Roy Williams had a very simple on a fast break. You can do whatever dunk you want. Mm. but you better make it because if you don't make it, you know where you're going to be sitting right next to me. Yep. You can say whatever you want before the game, but you can't let that man choke slam pow, drive. You went to the <laughs> ground the way that it did. You can't let that man dribble your head off the turf like a Spalding ball. The way that he did
1: Hey, do, do, the, do the money, do the money in your face. He stiff armed him so
0: bad. He apologized after the game. I've never seen this before.
1: I feel bad that you know I didn't know, I didn't give the proper respect to Hayden Hurst in knowing his name. So I apologize to him and them for that. Um, still feel confident.
0: Um, always will be confident in our team and our defense to go out and and play tough football. You know. So, but credit to them, they went out and played a hell of a game today. Made a couple more plays than we did, and you know they came out with the win. I hate doing this, but I just got to do it. Your thoughts? <laughs> Your thoughts? I mean, you did all that talking before. My man bounced you off the turf. Now you apologize. Oh, oh don't worry. We'll play the Cincinnati because Cincinnati, everybody oh, no. has something to say oh, after no. the game towards the Chiefs. But your your thoughts on the Nate Taylor
1: show? Hey man, sometimes you gotta bang your head to learn the lesson. <laughs> sometimes you gotta turn you gotta touch that burner to know. Yeah, it's hot. Uh
0: I would have thought that Justin Reed learned the little giant message. Don't start nothing won't be nothing. That's uh, what I would have thought that he was gonna learn, but he obviously didn't learn that message.
1: Look, look, he tried he tried to be a leader in a way that was perhaps uncharacteristic to him, which is why he apologized. Now, what's 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 weird or I guess ironic is that like he didn't give up a touchdown. Yes, he did uh get stiff armed into the turf, but He's like one of the few players in the secondary that like played okay to adequate. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've covered this team going on six years now, Carrington. I've I've, I've never had a player outright apologize to me that wasn't the D four situation. So yeah, that was that was rare, and yeah, let's let's hear what the Bengals have to say because I mean, they they talking like they above the Chiefs, which. Understandable. Let's hear from Mike Hilton, who I watched the
0: entire game. Still not hundred percent certain who Mike Hilton he, is. He
1: didn't really do nothing. <laughs> I mean, I
0: know who he is, but I don't know who he is. You know what I mean? I don't know who he is. You know, we, we don't need to do all the talking like they do on Twitter. We just go out and play ball. Three and zero in the same year. I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll see him again. So when that time comes, you know, we'll, we'll we'll be ready. That was Mike Hilton. Here's Jamar Chase. This game shouldn't have been as close as, we, as, it, as it should have been. You know what I'm saying? TB had a, a drop touchdown. That could have, we could have been up maybe 14. Nah, you know, who knows? Uh, we could have got the next possession and scored again. So, you know, we, we never want that game to be close, so we need to execute better <clears throat> into the third quarter so we can get more points on the board. Oh, Nate, there's more. Here's more Jamar Chase. This was This is, of all the quotes, this is the one that it's had the me the one. most dumbfounded. It was really just 50, 55 talking the most trash out there. No tuning in to can one talking at all. <laughs> Which one do you want to address
1: first? The fact that Frank Clark. He ain't. Oh, uh, Frank is Frank. I love Frank. Frank is not changing. character. Carrington. He is, Clark, who he is. He Frank is. Frank Clark he is. hasn't
0: got a sack in
1: mm-hmm. the last
0: two games. Mm-hmm. I don't think Joe Burrow's ever met the man before because you've never had to help Joe Burrow up, you've never hit him. You've never introduced yourself to Joe Burrow. You're not even stopping the run. Some, R- some R.J. Piron ran for 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Why is Frank Clark doing any talking? He, so, do you want to address that part or tune in the can? <laughs> which part do you want to address? Let's, let's
1: do, let, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it real simple. We'll, we'll, we'll address 55. Then we'll address. Frank Clark shouldn't be doing no talking on the field, bro. <sighs> Keep your thoughts and opinions and views to yourself. You you can say that. I enjoy talking to Frank Clark before and after games losses lose you know losses victories it don't matter <laughs> the man is an incredible talker of trash and actually gave like honest post game analysis which was like yeah um he ran over us It's like yeah 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 frank that that happened. And it did, what happened didn't they have a play where they just did a quarterback draw and he got like seven yeah that happened didn't they like like frank has like a great memory even though it's like yeah, and like, y'all just didn't play well. Um, This is what Frank Clark does. He He did it all throughout the championship run in 2019. He continues to do it now. He was backing it up in the playoff run. Cor- I don't like hearing Jamar Chase say
0: that 55 was doing the most talking on the field when you were one of the worst
1: defensive players for the Chiefs on the field.
0: You can do all the talking I don't, in the world, and be backing
1: was, it up. I honestly don't know if he was one of the worst defensive players on the field yesterday. I can name about five guys before I get to Frank Clark, even before I even got, consider Frank Clark. We got half the defense. <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> much. half the defense. Um, we may I have the D? Let's just do this now before we get to the kid. All right, let's. You know, let me do the. Flip. I'm looking at the flip card. Um. Colin Saunders, not good. Willie Gay, got turned around all day. Nick Bolton, missed tackles when he is tackle man. Um, you can't miss <sighs> tackles as tackle man. You can't miss tackles when you the man getting all the tackles. You got to be super if you super man. You got to make tackles if you tackle man. Juan Thornhill, worst game of the season. Not even close. Just the, the worst player on defense. You don't know how I know Juan Thornhill played bad. He was on Twitter crying about it after the game. That's how I know. Any you...
0: Anytime you say we need y'all to uplift us on Twitter, that ain't <laughs> Twitter is not the place to be uplifted, dog. Have you? you, you seen what Elon Instagram? Musk is doing? Yeah, you can go to Twitter for that. You can go to Instagram. You can go to TikTok for motivation. You know where I never go for motivation? Twitter. A lot of you uplifted on there.
1: Elon Musk is like, oh, this is gold. This is like adding wood to a fire. Like, do you not understand? That, this? that, the, that man the, said the environment that you <laughs> that you've been you've been typing in. It's amazing. Um. No, Juan Thornhill was so bad. Former players are like, "What is twenty two doing?" You know how bad you got to be.
0: Like, it's not good.
1: And and, and I just want to say this real quick. Juan Thornhill through like six or seven games was having like a really nice season.
0: Yeah. Then Joe Burrow popped up. You know what? Jamar I never, Chase popped yeah, up <laughs> really quick. You know what? What headline I never want. So I'm on fan sided <laughs> right now. I just I had this up from earlier. Juan Thornhill pins emotional plea to fans following <laughs> Bengals Law. That's never that's never a place you want to be, dog. You never want to be in Penn's emotional plea to fans. Emotional
1: I emotional
0: not, plea? <laughs> I had not seen that. This this was his tweet. I don't know if you saw this or not. This was his tweet. I saw the tweet. Oh man. Let's be blank and respectful here. We play our ass off each and every week for y'all. And if a player give up a player or lose a game, y'all bash us. Come on now. We need people to lift us this up. Man not clearly, join the opposing team and drag us down, bro. This man clearly did not play in the SEC. Twitter ain't the place for that, dog. He
1: clearly didn't play in the SEC in college. Twitter ain't the place for that, dog. <laughs> I don't know if anywhere's a place for that. Like, you're a professional athlete. This is... This is this is this is the arrangement that has been set up for generations. The, the, worst, the, the worst place to be when you do something disappointment is Twitter. Face,
0: Facebook might uplift you a little bit. Just, Facebook might uplift you. Twitter ain't uplifted nobody in a downtime. Not one time. Yeah. Pin, pin's emotional
1: plea. That ain't where you want to be, dog. So look, Derek Knight didn't have a great game. I mean. They put Leo Chanel on the field in the first half, didn't put him on the field in the second half. I don't know why Darius Harris was on the field when you have Willie Gay's uh, abilities, but Darius Harris didn't play well. And then we can get to Frank Clark. So, I don't know, I named like six or seven guys before I got to Frank. Um, it's a, It's going to be a rough film session tomorrow. I mean, is Mr. Go 30 going to be in the room? Because, my <laughs> God, it's going to be bad. Not really an athlete. <laughs> Just diving at ankles. That's what Weinthor was doing. He was just dead. You know what? Let me uh let's take a break real quick. Let me check
0: Instagram and see if, if one of those videos have already been posted. Let's see if it's already up. Uh, coming up on the other side, I want to ask you a really interesting question. Would you have gone for it on fourth down when the Chiefs chose to kick the field goal with Harrison Bucker? We'll get your opinion on that next. Right now it's the Nate Taylor show, 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to the Nate Taylor show Monday nights at seven on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas city chiefs 610 sports radio. So Nate Taylor of the Nate Taylor show. Let's go through one of the game scenarios that happened yesterday in the chiefs and Bengals game. So, it's late in the ball game, and the Chiefs are down three points. It is third and three from Cincinnati's 33-yard line. Patrick Mahomes gets sacked for minus four yards. Not a good look, Orlando Brown. The Chiefs are now in a pickle. Mm-hmm. It is fourth and seven from the 37-yard line. They're not going to punt. But it's also not a manageable down in distance. Correct. But you got a fifty-five yard field goal. Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself before they made that decision, I would go for it here. But you know me, I haven't been super confident about the special teams all year. Right. So I would have gone for it in that situation. Obviously the Chiefs made a different decision. What were you thinking in this moment? What was the feeling in the press box whenever Harrison Buckers coming out of the field uh coming out to kick the field goal?
1: Yeah, a little bit of um I think most of us in the press box were a little surprised. And we are also informed, too, about the last time the Chiefs were in the stadium, right? The last time Chiefs were in Cincinnati, um, the Bengals ran the clock out. So if you were, you know, in the high 30, low 40 range, okay, maybe a field goal seems more appropriate. Um, because obviously it's less of a distance for Harrison Bucker. Um, But also, like, the Bengals get the ball back. One point that was made because of the sack on third down, which left Patrick Mahomes limping a little bit, was you might, you know, most times you want to save your timeouts for the last possession under two minutes. But again, the last time the Chiefs were in the stadium, they never got the ball with two minutes left to operate and go downfield to maybe tie the game. Obviously, the Bengals won on a, uh as-time-expired field goal. I think the best possible scenario is to take a timeout, find the right play, and as you said, go for it on fourth and seven. Because the defense, while it had only given up 27 points to Jamar Chase's point, that we heard in the previous segment, they could have had more, more points. Like Tyler Boyd should have caught the touchdown pass and Zach Taylor, his one mistake was running a fourth-and-one play that made no sense when you have Joe Burrow, who's really good at the quarterback's knee. So your defense got fortunate results based on the offense making mistakes, not because they were getting better as the game was going along. Take the timeout, find the exact play you want for fourth and seven. Give Mahomes a little bit of a breather to make sure that his lower body is is okay and then see what the results are. Because obviously having hindsight is, you know, nice to have. But even with the field goal attempt, and I know many people have said this before, even if he makes it, you're still going to use your timeouts to try to get the ball back when you've – Struggle to tackle, uh, you struggle to get to the quarterback, and they got dudes on the other side that can obviously make plays after the catch. Um, So I think the best solution, and if you get in a situation like this similar in the postseason, it's okay to burn your first time out in a situation where you're not sure you're going to get the ball back to make sure that Mahomes has another chance to get you to convert, to keep the drive alive because – If that happens, maybe you go up a touchdown, and now the Bengals are scrambling to try to tie the game to force overtime. So the analogy I made earlier today is Harrison Bucker feels like a closer
0: that's losing velocity and movement. I just don't look at him as being— I have not
1: thought about it that way. I Mm.
0: just—I don't look at him. You know, there was a time where it was pretty clear he was the second-best kicker in the NFL behind Justin Tucker.
1: Right. That was was 2019-2020. I just don't
0: feel that way right now. Mm. So I looked it up. He's making 76% of his field goal attempts, mm-hmm. and he's missed a couple extra points.
1: He's typically been an 88 to 90% made field goal rate. Did you know going into this season, I believe NFL stats, uh, this, the NFL's, like, the league-owned stats department said that he was the, accurate, the most accurate kicker entering the 2022 season who had ever played five or more seasons. So, yes, to your point, like, he was... He was certifiably great before, obviously, his his high ankle sprain on opening day. And that's just what it feels like to me. I could be wrong, but
0: you and I both know how the NFL works. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs will need Harrison Bucker to make at least two important field goals between now and the end of the season. It'll be 17-17 with 10 minutes to go in the game, mm-hmm. and you get stopped on the third and eight, and your mm. kicker is coming out and has to make a kick. And that used to be something that you never thought about. Yeah, I think you're kidding yourself if you're a cheese fan and you're not thinking about it right now. What's your confidence level of Harrison Bucker in a game at Arrowhead has to come out and kick a 49-yard field
1: goal? I'd be worried he's going to miss when the ball feels like a rock. Yeah, I'd be worried he's going to miss. 20 degrees outside. Um, now, yesterday it was in the it was in the low 40s. There was a little bit of wind, but Harrison uh, told me after the game that it's a obviously it's a makeable kick. He was hoping the ball was going to draw a little bit more. Inside the uh, inside the upright, but it just it just kept fading. Um, So it's it's a technical error that he kind of made on on contact. Um, But yeah, when Harrison Bucker was more healthy than we assume he is right now, he was two for two. um, In the Super Bowl run, because that's how many touchdowns they were scoring, y'all. He was amazing in 20. uh, He made seven of eight field goals in the 2020 postseason run. Um, and he was four or five last year, uh, did not have a miss in the AFC championship game, had one miss at the end of the half, at the end of the first half against Buffalo. So, um, he's made longs of 52 in the postseason, of 49 of 50. Um, but he's not as healthy as he was as he is, you know, this season. And man, now that you bring it up, like. He might need a, you know, a full offseason, obviously, of health to get back to who he was, but it's got to be a part of the calculation moving forward. You know, Every game gives you information, and hey, in a spot where we need you to make a kick, maybe we don't trot you out there for 55 yards. Maybe it's got to be 45 and in. Maybe you have to treat it more conventional versus a guy who has, obviously, um, one of the strongest legs in the league. His accuracy has been the issue this year. It actually hasn't been his power. Do you think that Andy's too conservative? Because one thing that I think is... You have to tell Andy it's do or die. And Andy does not treat an early December game like it's do or die. And I think there's a disconnect between the fans because you see a coach like Zach Taylor who's like, it's do or die. That was going to be my next point. Yeah. I think what makes it hard for the Chiefs
0: in these situations is the Chiefs play it very conventional. Mm -hmm. Buffalo doesn't play conventional. Cincinnati Mm -hmm. doesn't play conventional. And if the talent's going to be fairly even on both sides, typically the team that's going for the gusto... Yep is going to have a greater percentage chance of winning the game where the Chiefs are normally stay the course, take the points. We're going to play this as a 60-minute game, which is not a bad strategy. The opposition isn't playing it that way, and I think that's been
1: a little bit of a negative. it's It's such a great point because they've set the standard. Like, what they did in 19 and especially in 20 set the standard. And it was something that I was writing about in The Athletic during the 2020 season where it's like, it's not about time of possession. You got to score points, you know? And now coaches have finally caught up to the idea of, well, hey, (laughs) Carrington, we shouldn't let them just throw it over our heads. And hey, Carrington, we got to walk off the bus saying we need 30, like, just flat out. Like, this is not a regular, normal NFL game. Patrick Mahomes is on the other side of the field. And yes, Andy Reid and Eric Binnemi can scheme it up. Clearly, you got Travis Kelsey at the time, they had Tyreek Hill. But, yeah, to your point, every team that feels like they are equal or in Cincinnati's case, we feel like we are a better team, in order to prove that, why would we give him another chance to go score a touchdown? Like, we need touchdowns. So, and we don't need to give him the ball back late in the game. Um, it's hard to tell Andy Reid, who's been doing this for so long with so much success, who's going to the Hall of Fame, that – this game feels just as important as a divisional round game. He will tell you flat to your face, it's not. (laughs) Like, I've been doing this long enough to know that what we put on tape in December obviously has an impact on what we show in January, which might be a little bit different, a wrinkle, a new combination, whatever. We know we might play the Mingles again. Do I want to show all my hand right now so that I don't have anything to show you in the rematch? If my players execute to a high enough level... Or do you want me to treat every game like it's a playoff game? And I know fans, a lot of media people will say, hey, play to win the game, Herm Edwards. This coaching staff approaches it like we are trying to find information and gain knowledge along the way, get our players prepared to be at their absolute peak at the absolute right time, which is the postseason. But Zach Taylor knows, you know, Sean McDermott knows you got to go for it. And if the Chiefs really value the one seed, they probably should have left Patrick Mahomes on the field yesterday.
0: Alright, coming up on the other side, let's kind of wrap this thing up here. Normally, we kind of take a look ahead to the next game, but I can't lie to you. I have no interest in talking about the Denver Broncos until Friday. I know it's the Nate Taylor show, but <laughs> I just i don't have you it just
1: in You're just making me. an executive call.
0: I just don't have it in me to talk about the Broncos <laughs> with you on a Monday when they don't play against until Sunday. I just don't have it in me. We'll find something else from hey, this NB, game to talk about. NBC
1: felt the same way. They was like, oh, we got that game on? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, we I need just, to flex that immediately.
0: I just can't do it, man. I don't have it in me to talk about the Denver Broncos, Man, I just I just don't have it in me. It's the Nate Taylor show. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on the drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610 sportscom and the Odyssey at very happy right now to be hosting the Nate Taylor Show. Nate. I want to play this audio for you really, really quickly and get your thoughts on it. I thought that this play was going to have a very similar effect to the end of the first half in the AFC Championship game. Whenever Dunlap made that play in the backfield, I thought that was going to be the turning point in the game. P. Ryan single back. Burrow under center. Fourth down and one at the Kansas City four. 51 seconds left in the half. Burrow again barking out a long count here. We're out in motion. They're going to come in a jet sweep, and the Chiefs bury him. They bury him. What a play by Kansas City. Carlos Dunlap, the ex-Cincinnati Bengal. And the Bengals roll the dice and get snake eyes. So that was Mitch Holtz's Chiefs Radio Network. I thought Carlos Dunlap played really well yesterday. I thought he made a noticeable impact on the game. Mm -hmm. And... I guess my my frustration with the team as a whole and it's something you and I have talked about over the course of the season. You and I both knew that the defensive line was an issue and was a problem for the team from the from the even before the draft. Yes. And I think the Chiefs did bare minimum to try to address it at least for this upcoming season. They were not they didn't sign a defensive lineman until training <laughs> yeah, camp <had> started. Right. <laughs> Yes, so they missed the entire free agency period where you could have got real impact, guys. You could have got Carlos Dunlap at any point. Mm-hmm. And then everybody knows that as good as Karloftis can be, that guy does not give you much in year one. History tells you he does not give you a correct. You gotta, you got year
1: one. Correct. You got to draft in the top ten to get real production in year one from a pass rusher.
0: Or if he does, he's T.J. Watt. Like, if Carl has had eight sacks this year, you're talking about you have one of the best defensive players in the league potentially returning to you next year. Yeah, that, that, would, that would be asking a lot yeah, from George Carl like, But that's it. Either he is a prodigy, or it takes him till year two, year three to mm. really, really get going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I always say there are some things that are March and April problems. If you need a pass rusher, that's a March and April thing. You might gotta spend a little bit of money, mm-hmm. but that's a March and April thing. If you got pass rush problems in September, they're gonna be pass rush problems in October. Pat they're gonna they're gonna be problems in November. That's not a problem you fix over the course of the season. So I just look at the pass rush man and I I like what Dunlap has brought you. But they're almost virtually in the same spot. You traded Ingram for Dunlap mm-hmm. and you get a little bit from the others, but not nearly consistent enough. To, you're gonna you're you're either gonna have to play Cincinnati or Buffalo again in the playoffs. You, you might have to play both of them,
1: probably not. But in order to go to the Super Bowl, you will have to be one of those two teams. You know what this informs us? What the cornerbacks went through yesterday was another step towards can you be can you do it the New England Patriots way, where the coverage is 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 good enough to make the quarterback hold the ball a half second longer? Because that's where you're that's where you're leading me towards Carrington. I mean, Mike Dana has two sacks this season. Carl he got the one sack yesterday, but Joe Burrow encouraged that sack because he wanted to protect the football um, at the two-minute warning. Yeah, Dunlop's been more than serviceable. He actually has – you could say he's been – there's an argument to to say that he's been more productive than Melvin Ingram, although Melvin Ingram was traded in the middle of the season. He didn't play the whole season for the team. Um, hey, Frank Clark's played more games this season than he did last season. And Chris Jones, uh, man, so much is on Chris Jones to be a superstar. Um, and he obviously is talented enough to do it. But the issue is, um, if I was the Bills, I would look at this bingo tape and and again, we're going to hold him on every play. Anytime he looks like he's getting through, just hold him. Protect the quarterback at all costs. And if they don't call it, move on to the next snap double-team him at all costs, and see if Mike Dana or George Karloftis or Carlos Dunlap can can beat one-on-one matchups. You know, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, they did that. Against the Rams, they did that. We're probably going to see that this upcoming Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. But your peers in the top tier of the AFC, they haven't shown it this season. And maybe it helps to have those games in Arrowhead because you have the crowd noise that maybe gives you an extra jolt off the line of scrimmage, but your concern is valid, Carrington, and I don't know where the real solution is other than, A, Chris Jones is amazing, and B, Trent McDuffie, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, Legarius need they all play so well that the quarterback has to hold the ball longer than he wants to. We'll get out of here with this. I saw this tweet earlier today, and I've been waiting
0: for this moment to use it. Most pressures allowed this season by offensive tackles, courtesy of Pro Football Focus. Number one, Orlando Brown with 39. Number two, Andrew Wiley with 37. That is 76 pressures allowed by your two tackles. Yep. One of them in which you offered $95 million uh-huh. this offseason, too. Mm-hmm. The O-line ain't good enough which is bad for a team that has spent as much on their offensive line and used as many resources on that offensive line as they have. You ain't going to have a pro bowler at all spots. You ain't going to have all pros at all spots. You can't be first and second in pressures allowed by tackles. Not when you spend first-round picks and big-time free agent dollars and high draft picks. You can't be as bad as they are sometimes on the offensive line.
1: Andrew Wiley... Never came into this league being a right tackle. He has somehow transformed himself to be a competent right tackle. The issue, Carrington, is you are paying the left tackle $16.6 million this year to protect the most valuable asset in the franchise's history. And on third and three, with chip help to the outside, he got beat. I know there's more left in this season. But against the Bills, against the Chargers, against the Bengals, Orlando Brown has snaps that he wish he could have back. And that may be a real issue in January if he doesn't clean it up. Patrick Mahomes is a magician. He can do it all. He wants to extend plays. But you got to keep playing all the way through the play. And that's the issue with Orlando Brown at times. He gets beat, and then he can't recover fast enough. And Andrew Wiley is playing the best he can out of position. That was the Nate Taylor Show. You can catch him this week on Cody and
0: Gold. You can also catch him later this week on The Drive. I'm going to see if when you come on Friday, we can talk for an hour about football and not one single Broncos question.
1: I think there's more on this bone with Orlando Brown.
0: Yeah, I think there's You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show Monday nights at seven (laughs) on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.